0: Music, news, entertainment, it's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hi, it's Kelly, and this week we are very much looking forward to our conversation with a talented dancer, choreographer, teacher, and artistic director, Cassidy Noblet, who has danced with A-list artists like Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Spice Girls, Jason rulo and Janet Jackson. Cassidy talks to us about his phenomenal career arc, his choreography, and artistic direction work on the L Word Generation Q, not to mention his time spent with Janet Jackson during the 20YO and Rock With You eras. Follow us on Instagram, Kelly Alexander Show, We are so excited to welcome to The Kelly Alexander Show dancer, choreographer, artistic director, teacher, the list goes on and on. Cassidy Noblet, who has danced with so many people, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, Janet Jackson, Spice Girls, my goodness, everybody else. Cassidy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: We're so happy to have you on the show and so many questions. But first, I want to bring you back to the beginning. So how did you get your start in dance?
1: In the womb. So (laughs) my mother's a dance teacher and my older sister's a dancer. So I really feel like my spirit chose this family because they were full on dancers. And I mean, I, I was, every time my mom was teaching class, it depended on what the class was would determine how active I was in her stomach. So then, you know, by the time I was like, it's two weeks early, I'm coming out, I need to dance. And so I've been dancing literally since I could breathe. Or not breathe underwater.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. And when you were uh, were growing up, like, did you, because your mom was a teacher, maybe you had a an inspiration already for, for other dancers or choreographers that you would have started watching maybe younger than other people would have because that was your mom's job?
1: Yeah, well, you know, when I first started, I started in New York. My mom started taking me and my sister to New York when I was seven years old. And I was working with a guy named Jacques Dumboise, who was Balanchine's protege. And so he really kind of opened my eyes in general for what the dance world could be. Because, you know, he was a soloist at New York City Ballet. He was Balanchine's right-hand man. And um, once I started to go to New York, all of a sudden I started to see hip-hop. And I started to see jazz and I started to see Broadway and I started to see music videos and street performers in the subway and on the corners and that's when I kind of started to get you know not just the itch for dance but like the itch for commercial dance so that really kind of excited me and I was like I have to do that I have to do that
0: that's amazing now uh growing up who did you listen to musically like which artists and have you danced with some of them in your career
1: Janet was always my top. She was always my favorite artist, but I'm definitely a 90s R&B kid. So, I mean, it was Brandy 112, uh, Khalees, um, Mary J. Blige. Uh, to me, uh, the list goes on. If it didn't happen in the 90s, it for sure was a jam. Um, and I actually listened to a bit of Spice Girls because I used to buy singles for CDs, but I, you know, confession, I still don't buy electronic music. I buy... CD still, so I can play them in my G. I still have a CD player. Um, but I did have a Spice Girls DV, um, compact disc for Spice Up Your Life and I was like, oh my god. So, I, I danced with Spice Girls. Um, I did have Beyonce albums. I did have Katy Perry albums. I did have Lady Gaga albums. So, I'm trying every CD that I own, I'm trying to dance with that artist (laughs) or choreograph or work with them in some nature.
0: (laughs) That is good. And I think you're the only other person that I've met in the last like five or six years that actually also just listens to CDs and doesn't have digital music like myself because I'd rather have vinyl or CDs. So. I understand you. Well,
1: my thing is, if I'm going to pay the same amount of money, I want the artwork. I want the lyrics because that's what I grew up doing. You know, the way I learned lyrics to song wasn't on my phone. It was that I would sit there and I would rewind and I'd read them and I would recite them and read them and recite them and read them. And You know, so I love I love that nostalgia because I think so many things are going to disappear in the future mm-hmm. that I want to hold on to that little nugget that was my childhood.
0: Totally agree. That's amazing. Now, um, what would you consider your first big break that, that really like got your career going in Hollywood or New York or however you want to phrase it? It's a good question. You know, my actual first,
1: this is a crazy thing. My very, 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 very first job, I was an extra in Britney Spears and Madonna's Me Against the Music, music video, where I met Nick Flores. He was the nicest dancer ever. We were standing in the back and he was on top of a speaker waiting to jump down to go to his part. And that's when I met Nick. And Nick has been such a monumental influence in my life as far as someone I've worked with and who has helped mentor me. Um, Him and RJ both have been fantastic inspiration. So I actually met Nick on my very first job. But I would say, you know, that was kind of gave me the bug there. And then when I moved to LA, uh, my very first job was Macy's Passport with Brian. Friedman. So I started dancing with Brian. And I was in Rhapsody's company. Uh, Rhapsody James had a hip hop company in New York. And that, that really started to allow people to know a little bit about who we were, because we would always perform with the company. We were performing at the Pulse convention. So anywhere Rhapsody went, carnival, things like that, we would go. And so people started to know a little bit about us because we were always training. We were trying to be a part of her vision. But yeah, I guess my first big break, I really would say would be Macy's Passport uh, in Los Angeles once I moved out here.
0: Amazing. Now we have a lot of uh, Janet fans that watch this show and listen to this show. And so I have to ask you, uh, when did the opportunity for Janet come along? And like, how did that all sort of play out? Like audition, like all that kind of stuff.
1: Okay, so it's actually kind of a crazy story. So I went to, to this audition that was happening for Janet. And this was during the era when she was doing Call on Me and so excited and all of that. And I went to the audition and I actually didn't get it. I got cut and I had actually come off being sick for a little while. So I didn't have the best audition, but I was like, I'm going, it's Janet Jackson. It's a once in a lifetime chance. This is what I want to do. And I went and I got cut and I was a little bummed out about it. Um, But a couple months later, Uh, J.Lo was having her show and Blake McGrath was one of the dancers that was doing Janet, but he was also going to be on J.Lo's dance show. And it was like Kenny Warmall, Blake McGrath, there were a few people that were on it. And he wanted to stay a part of that show for a while. And so one day out of the blue, uh, it was in January, I got a call from Gil Dildalau. Oh, love you. And he was like, hey, and I was like, Hi, he was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, um "You ready to go take dance class?" He was like, "Well, would you like to jump on to Janet with me?" And I said, "Wait, what?" Me? He was like, "Yeah, I'm. I need. A, I'm looking to fill a spot, and I wanted to know if you would be interested." And I was like, "Keep your cool. Keep your cool. Keep your cool. I would love to. Inside, I'm like. Just like panicking, moving stuff around, jumping, and so Gil actually called me and asked me if I wanted to join the squad, and so that was the beginning of Janet for me. It, you know, and I guess I thought that that ship had sailed since I didn't beat the audition, you know, I, I didn't make it through it, but somehow the cards aligned, and I'm really happy that Gil took a chance on me.
0: So what was it like when, you know, you were in, uh, I guess, rehearsal or whatever, and she walks in for the first time. What was that like for you?
1: Oh, I needed so much super glue to like put myself back together. I was like, (laughs) just those little, you know, those little dolls, those little toys that used to have strings in them. They were wooden. And when you push them, they, I mean, it's somebody that I had grown up watching. I've seen many tours all for you tour. Um, that was, i i lived by the velvet rope tour religiously i had it on vhs i actually had two copies in case one of them broke (laughs) and this was someone that i I don't say an icon just a fantasy someone that i had wanted to be like someone i had wanted to work with i wanted to be in the present because of how much they had molded my dancing and my dreams like Someone that made me want to dream more because I knew that I wanted to be beside her. I wanted her training. I wanted her music. I wanted to be part of her crew. And I knew how she made me feel. So I was like, I have to do it. I have to do it. So when she walks in and you meet her for the first time, I mean, I don't know if I could have, I don't know if there's been another time that I've been so happy because that was like my first big, big, big job with a huge artist where... It wasn't just going to be a one-off show. It was going to be a tour. Mm -hmm. So that was a very special thing because when you go on tour, that team is pieced together a lot of the times for energies, for talent, for um, humanity. And this, I felt seen. I felt desired. I felt that she wanted me, her and Gil and the whole team, wanted me to be there with them for the long haul. So... I mean, I, I probably shut up to outer space and just like supernova exploded and then just like came back and I was like, oh my God, it's happening. It's like, your dreams are like here, they're happening. So it was monumental. It really made me believe in what was possible.
0: And was she, um, you know, because so many people, whether, you know, it's Janet or Madonna or Beyonce or whoever, like their idols, like, you know, you're always told don't meet your idols, but you did. And so what did she surpass what your expectation of her would be? Or was she exactly as you thought she would be?
1: No, she surpassed that. And we know in our industry, sometimes you meet people that before you meet someone, you create an image of what they're going to be like. And that is based off all of their public displays. What, however you have had an experience with them, you create this image of them. And Janet was the first person in my life, outside, uh, like in the celebrity world, that I couldn't have dreamed of what she was actually going to be like. Someone that was beyond kind, someone who took the time to get to know you. I mean, we hung out with Janet all the time. You know, we would go out to bars, we would go out to eat. Uh, I mean, she took me to Nobu, me and the crew, to Nobu for my birthday and got me this, her and Gail got me this beautiful Y3 bag. I mean, Janet was the most grateful human being I had ever met. And she was the most hardworking person I had ever met. So what surprised me and really kind of also helped resonate with something that I wanted for myself is humility, hard work, artistic value, kindness, love, no ego. And Janet was always that, that I never saw a different side of her, no matter how she was feeling, no matter who she was around, she always came from a place of love and compassion. And so I'm glad that that was my first experience with a big artist because she's a Jackson. That's American royalty. And she was the person that could just sit beside you and at dinner and just have a conversation and ask you about your life. You know what I mean? So I envisioned her to be this, and then she was like a thousand times better than that. You know, always has been, always has been. Still to this day, even when I see her, she has the most love and kindness in her eyes and the warmest hugs and is, is still so special.
0: Well, it's funny that you said that because I, in prepping for our chat today, I actually watched um, the dancer introductions from the Hollywood Bowl reunion. And so I wanted, you know, wanted to see you and like, you just look so gleeful to see her and and her to see you, which was amazing. So can you walk us through what it was like to like reunite with her and all those other dancers who I'm sure many of them you looked up to as you were growing up?
1: Yeah, well, I also feel like times have changed. So... I used to know who the dancers were, you know, since social media and everything happens now, it's a different education system on who was doing what. You knew who Janet's dancers were. And when I got asked to do the Hollywood Bowl, because that was all tour dancers coming back, I was like, hold on. And you know, it was everybody who was a legend, a legend in my eyes, who was a pioneer, who paved the way for all of us to dance. And so I'm sitting here thinking, you're kidding me. The Hollywood Bowl is going to explode. And so the first day I got into rehearsal, I mean, I literally was like a little shy boy in the corner, like, because it was from her first tour all the way through what was the current tour. And it's just a special dancer. It takes a special human being and dancer to be welcomed into Janet's world. And I don't think any of us really know why we're chosen but we're so excited to be chosen we want to we want to rise to what they believe in us and what they see in us um so being on the stage and watching each individual group do a section oh my god and i you know i used to take anthony thomas's class at debbie reynolds so i used to take his popping and locking class so anthony became a really good friend of mine and then you know watching him teach material and break it down and then just kind of watching uh, every group come on and it's it's such a clear time period for each dance each group of dancers because nowadays I don't feel like you have to know everything that came before you. But if you dance to Janet, you better know her entire history. You better know every style that goes along with it. You have to know why the music was created, why the dancing was created, what was going on in that time culturally. And so, you saw such a distinctive style of dancer before you, and then all of a sudden on stage you're like, this is an empire. This is a musical empire that is, oh my God, it was the best feeling. And then, you know, somehow I got to be right here off our shoulder for the, when we came in as a group, and I'm like, (laughs) I mean, what other artists though? have? do you know has ever taken the time to introduce every single dancer that has been with her? I can't tell you one, but that's who she is. It's not, hi, I'm Janet. I want to show you all my dancers. It was, hi, these people have been a part of my life. I want to say thank you. And I would love to introduce them by their names. Like that's where that comes from. Mm -hmm. And when someone shows you that kindness, I just, I don't, it's not always common in our industry. So it's just this open door and you just start to flow and believe and you just, everything disappears. Everything dis- disappears and you're the happiest person ever.
0: And it's funny cause I've interviewed, uh, you know several dancers of Janet's in the past and I'm actually pretty good friends with Tina Landon which is like still mind blowing oh. to me. <laughs> so yeah, she's next level. Icon. Um, and what's interesting is like you guys and this has come up before uh, that you guys are a part of like a fraternity or a sorority that only a select amount of people get to be a part of. And you're, you're a Janet dancer for the rest of your life. Like that could go on your tombstone. You know what I mean? Like, is it? Good
1: idea. (laughs) I haven't thought about that. I might do that. Good idea. <laughs> cool.
0: And what does it feel like to be to be a part of that group? Like, even like, like even let's say hanging out with a Velvet Rope dancer crew, as opposed to like Rock With You Tour, like you're still all a part of that ser- sen- seniority, but you said like, or sorority, I should say, and fraternity, but you know, you said you, uh, Velvet Rope really influenced you. So I'm wondering like what that feels like to, to have just know that you're a part of this massive group, uh, but part of your own, your own thing at the same time.
1: I feel lucky, but I also feel a responsibility because it doesn't matter what you did or who you did it for, but that title is something that is ongoing because of what you were able to achieve and the kind of um, boot camp that you go through and the kind of environment that you are surrounded with and the kinds of like-minded people who are all working to their absolute best and beyond to be in a camp where, you know, I remember, oh my God, when we were training for rock, actually, were we training for rock? No, we were training for the 20 Y O tour. And we were at alley cat back in the day. And Gil was like, all right, get ready. We're going to run the entire tour twice back to back. And we said, what? Twice back to back. The show was already like two hours and 15 minutes. Oh my God. I was like we had learned 23 numbers at this point and and he was like here's some royal jelly like honey and he was like take it and we were like going I had never been pushed so hard in my life to where I thought I was gonna break and all of a sudden it was because he knew that we could get there she knew that we could get there Ed knew that we could get there we just had to be given the door to do it we had to be given the opportunity for ourselves to rise to the occasion. And I think it takes having uh, an inspiration like that though, to want to do that, to feel like it's possible. So the legacy of being a Janet dancer, it warms my heart because for me, I'm always a person that's like, what is my next thing? Like, I don't care what I did yesterday. What am I doing now? You know, like, cool, I danced for Beyonce, cool, I danced for God, great. But that was then, what am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing the next day? It's like, what is my next thing? That is one of those special moments though, that always makes me feel like I'll keep that. That's on those rainy days where I'm not sure of myself or I doubt myself and I'm like, you should dance with Janet, great. So you have a legacy that you have to uphold and you have a responsibility to continue that kind of discipline, detail, um, charisma, humility with you for your entire career because you are still representing a legacy of somebody else. So it's it's like a badge of honor, and it's also uh, uh, a reminder of the greatness that we can still achieve, even once we're past it.
0: When you were learning the choreography for the tour, um, what what is your favorite piece of choreography to learn, and what was the most challenging for you?
1: Okay, well, the most challenging th- originally was so excited. And the reason so excited was so challenging for me is because I was the new person. This is so... So I started training for the 20YO tour before I did the Rock With You tour. So the 20YO tour, we trained for two and a half months in Atlanta while she was shooting a movie and um, the Why Did I Get Married? And um, we were doing a show at the Atlantis to open up the new tower, the cove. And so we had trained for this whole time. And so excited was my hardest number because I was the only one that had not been performing that. Every other person had been doing so excited for months. So that one was really hard for me. That one was really difficult because it's kind of something that they could, because they'd been not, y'all didn't just learn it, y'all were doing it. So that one kicked my butt, ended up becoming one of my favorite numbers, especially when we got to do different versions of it, um, like the award awards show version and stuff. And you're like, yes when you get the extra different music edits and the, you know, the the different accents and breakdowns, you are like, oh, it's so cool. Um, but, you know, I get lonely is always going to be one of my favorite pieces, hands down, always will be. Um, I really did love, love. I think Ed and Gil and Luther, that was our final, 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 final number after we did 27 numbers in the Rock with you tour. Wow. And that was the final you know it was crazy i can't i still can't imagine that the very end of that tour the final thing was black cat into if into rhythm nation into love and i was like do you know every night i got on that stage and i literally would go like this and the and the and when we were on the run i'd be in the dark and be like please let me just get through this (laughs) please let me get through, because we had already done 23 numbers yeah. It was like a two and a half hour show, so I was just praying. Um, I get lonely was a favorite. I do love feedback. Yeah, I love feedback, um, and I really loved. Um, God, there's so many ones. Our world doesn't really matter was amazing. When when doing choreography that came before me, that I used to watch music videos and just die to, and just be like, I want to do that. I think every time I got to perform that, I was head over heels. I mean, it's, it's the coolest thing. Cause I can, I can always I'll offer you. I mean, when we did that, what number isn't good of Janet's? Yeah. Because Janet is one of the only artists that does production numbers for every song that comes out. Full wow. production number.
0: Amazing. It's funny. Cause uh, Tina uh, Landon and I were talking and she said that you know, being, let's say on the velvet rope tour, obviously they did X amount of cities and, and, you know, X amount of performances and all that stuff. And she said that Janet's music is, is one of the only, ones in her life that she's never gotten tired of like she never gets tired of a janet song or performing a janet song
1: yeah be and because you're also challenged it's not a number that you can sleep through you have to be present you have to be engaged and it requires integrity when you are performing there is such intention behind each move that is not just paired with an idea um which is not just paired with a formation but it's, it's paired with uh, a texture. So you have to be so present when you are dancing every single number that you do that if you sleep on it, you miss the magic. You know what I mean? You're really engaged and plugged into Janet's material. It's also just, I mean, it always works with the music. It, the dancing and the music just are perfect harmonies. And it's, it's dense. And it's exciting, and it changes, and it's always that hook that you're like. Ugh, everybody knows the steps to Janet's material. I, I swear, every single dancer, if you ask them, "Show me a Janet step," they'd be like, "How many do you want to see?" Because I can probably show you. Oh, all night, don't stop. There we go. That I don't. How do I know why? I'm, that is my favorite number of all time to do. Okay. All night, don't stop. My favorite.
0: Amazing. Wait, do you and hear now, a funny like, story? Yes, please. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so <laughs> after Janet, I jumped onto Beyonce's tour and beyonce took us out um she rented a yacht one day so that we could all when we were were in the caribbean and so we all just went out and hung out and b was like cassidy will you show us all my don't stop from janet and i was like uh in, in like little board shorts and i'm like sure so i'm on the back of the boat all of a sudden doing all the choreography and i do a jump back and i slip Fall off the back of the boat as it's moving. <laughs> the bodyguard Julius jumps in to save me. Thought I hit my head. Oh my god! I was so embarrassed. Everybody was like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Go, go!" Right <laughs> into the ocean.
0: Oh my god, Cassidy! I'm glad you're alive. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
1: me too. All night, please stop is what they se- <laughs> started calling me. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. I hope I hope one day... Does Janet know that story? I hope you one day get to tell Janet I've that story.
1: I've never told her. I feel like I'm a little embarrassed. I'm like doing it barefoot in the Caribbean, and then like, you know, whackadoo, bam, 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 could get eaten by a shark, so...
0: Oh, my God. Now, if memory serves, that that tour ended a bit early, though, right, for you guys? Like, wasn't it supposed to go longer?
1: Yeah. But what know, was that
0: like, the, the ending? Because I don't think we really knew. It just kind of felt like it stopped.
1: It was, uh, it's heartbreaking because I also, we had, feelings you know, so after we did the one show at the Cove Atlantis, um, Ellie Reed and Jermaine came in and they're like, Hey, we need you to go record another album. And we were like, we've been training for tour for two and a half months, but we're not going on tour. Really? Okay. Okay. Well, when we come back, so then all of a sudden we're doing rock with you and, We're having the time of our lives. The tour is really kind of just starting to get going and we're starting to do it. And, you know, the ending of something that makes you happy, the ending of one of the happiest times in your life is never easy. I think you go through depression, your heart is broken. um, You're sad because you know that time will never come back, you know, unless if You know because the moment she starts making new music the rock was you tour is gone it's done that tour will never happen again that stage was mega yep i mean this the runways this way and then the ramps and everything on it was just so magical i'm so sad that the the entire world didn't get to experience it live yes people have seen it but she didn't get to experience it in the flesh and see the magic i mean i was i was blown away by the crew that i was getting to perform with that's really cool when you're inspired and admire the people you're on stage with that's pretty major um, to be on a team like that but you know it it's heartbreaking it really is heartbreaking all the hard work that's gone into it and it's not like it's not about the money it's, it's actually not even about seeing the world. It's like not getting to perform stuff that makes you happy. Like not having that, that tunnel of life. So, but you know, she had to take care of herself and that was the most important thing is like, we support it just selfishly, you know, heartbroken.
0: And are you still tight with like your fellow rock with you dancers? Like, I'm, I'm sure obviously you've all moved on to different projects, but you're still like, you're like, that's your team.
1: Yes, I love, Uh, you you know, the thing is, is like, after you leave those camps, everybody starts doing their own thing. So I don't get to see everybody all the time, except Victor, who is one of my best friends. Um, Victor, God, Victor's been one of my best friends for years since, since Spice Girls, actually since Janet, because we were on Janet together. And literally he's probably been the one person I've worked with more than anyone in my entire career. We just happen to be on the same jobs all the time. I mean, the two Janet jobs, Spice Girls, Uh, He was was still with Lady Gaga for like the last 13 years. I did that tour with him, too. So it's like I've done like four world tours with Victor and we still work together to this day. So I see him a lot. I get to see Jillian. I get to see Laurel, um, Wiley, Teddy. All of us, our paths collide, but everybody is really, you know, that's the thing. Janet dancers want to have their own legacy. So we want to take what we were given and we want to run with it. So. When the past collide, it's like old time. We laugh, we pick on each other, we dance, we eat, and yeah, I wish I saw them all the time. I miss them.
0: Now, speaking of Victor, talk to us about uh, your collaborations with him because I know, like you said, you work with him. So, what? What talk, talk to us about Kid Lab? What is that, and and how does that involve Victor?
1: Well, well, Victor's one of my best friends, and I think it's great when you find someone that not only challenges you to think differently, but someone who, when he taught a class in New York when I was 18, he had just moved to LA, he was in Rhapsody's company too, but he came back and he taught a class in New York um, and I took it and I was like, who the hell is this guy? Like he's in my top three dancers of all time, still is to this day, he's exceptional. So we've been friends forever and we love to dance together. So we started a group called Kid Lab And the whole purpose of Kid Lab is that we them like to see the world differently than everybody else. So um, we only, you know, direct music videos together. Uh, We actually are going to have a class the last Monday of every month now, because I teach at Team Ellie. We're going to have a Kid Lab class where we teach together. Uh, We started a TikTok page because we just want to do videos that are kind of off the beaten path. Um, We like to see the world. It's like there was a... You know for example um victor was standing on the corner like waving in this like sweater and i like cut him off to try to get a car in front of him and all of a sudden he gets mad and he goes yeah and all of a sudden we end up in the same shirt and we're like oh my god like we're stuck literally in the same sweatshirt and we're trying to get out and then he sinks into it and all of a sudden the camera goes inside the shirt and the next thing you know we're literally dancing inside a sweater together like what the inside of the sweater would be like so we just want to push the boundaries of creativity. We want to take what people are doing in social media and, and, uh, videos, and we want to flip it on its head and show a different creative approach just to show that there are other options. And I think that's the way we like to think. We like art, we like fashion, we like music, we like spectacle. And, um, yeah, this is going to be the first year that Kid Lab is becoming a big, big thing.
0: That's so cool. And people can follow you on TikTok at Kid Lab. So K-I-D-L-A-B-B.
1: Yes. Yes, Perfect. yes, yes. And Perfect. yes, it's great. And his um, his Instagram is Kid Peru, K-I-D-P-E-R-U. And so you'll see both the, on both of our pages. We always have each other um, just because I'm a super fan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now I want to gush over your work on L Word because I'm a huge fan of the mm-hmm. show. And recently, uh, well, I'm going to ask you all about L word, but recently the episode that was the musical episode where they basically went into the, uh, the inner workings of their minds. And it was like this musical, um, so many of them, Kate, Menig, and Leisha Haley, um, and they just were gushing about you on social media, like how much you helped them, uh, you know, get through this and and do a good job. And they had fun, especially for like, I was surprised how excited Kate was about like being a dancer for, for like a hot minute. So tell us how L Word came about and specifically uh, this episode that you just knocked it out of the park. Well,
1: thank you first. I'm really, uh, that was a, a very special moment for me in general. So the way it all came to fruition is I went to NYU for a semester and there I met, uh, I had a best friend named Dan Carlisle and he became friends with three other people. And Marja happens to be one of those people. Marja is the showrunner for L Word. So last year, um, in like March, marja called because i told her when they moved out to la we all i became friends with all of them because i only went to a semester at nyu and then i moved to new york and then i moved out to la when i was two dan and then marja and the other three friends all moved six months after i got there so i became friends with them and i always told marja i said marja you know one day when you become famous if you ever need a dancer a choreographer let me know well lo and behold last year she called me she goes hey it's marja and i was like what's going on and she was like so i kind of have this idea for a uh, dance number in the show and i was like okay and she was like do you want to do it and i was like yes i want to do it she was like well you told me if you ever wanted if i ever needed someone to call you and i was like well, i didn't think you were really going to do that and i was like yeah i wanted it but okay so we she asked me to do this thing called prom proposal it was like a prom proposal in a fountain, and we did umbrellas and this whole dance thing um and it was really cool and then this year marja called me back in oh my god uh in may said hey there may be something coming up do you want to be a part of that i was like yes of course i want to be a part of it and at the end of june marja was like so let's talk and i was like great she goes um so i want to do a musical I said, oh, great. Awesome. On the show. And I was like, what, like a number or two? She was like, six. I said, "Eh, six. I said, okay. With like just like a a couple dancers or whatever. She was like, no, like maybe 10 to 12. I said, 10 to 12. Eh, Okay. When are we shooting this thing? She was like, well, I can probably get the music to you in like two weeks and then we'll shoot by like the first week of August. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You want a six number musical with like 10 dancers and actors and I'm going to get the music maybe middle July and we were going to shoot the first week of August. You got to be crazy. I'm in. (laughs) So um, It became a thing where I was like, well, I jumped right on top of it. So I was like, I'm gonna have an audition. And I think the reason this project became so important to me was it's like the first time that I was steering the ship for my creativity. It was my energy that I wanted at this audition. It's how I was going to treat and see people. And the experience for everyone is what meant the most to me. I wanted people to walk away with this experience being like, I feel seen, I feel appreciated, I feel like I'm at my best right now and I wanna make some magic because it's not who cares about the job really. It's like, what kind of imprint are you leaving on people's lives? What kind of imprint are you leaving on the people that you come in contact with, the people who are watching the show? Like that's the most important thing to me and it's gotta be good work. But, um, you know, I I think the dancers, had less than two and a half days per number. And these numbers were about three and a half minutes long. And Marlon Paleo was my assistant who I could not have done this without because he was by my side. So we spent like a week prepping, trying to get all of these numbers done and then building these numbers. I mean, like we were teaching, I was teaching a number a day. Doesn't leave a lot of time for, you know, workshopping and figuring out things. It's like, here we go. This is what it's going to be. And so I was, I was probably working, 15 to 20 hour days every day so that I could get it, look at it, fix it, make it better. And then all of a sudden I get to work with Roe and Leisha and Kate and there's a big pressure on me. These are the stars of the show. So I have a big responsibility. One, I have to introduce dance to them if if it doesn't feel comfortable. I have to introduce the concept because, you know, um, Everybody's working on so much on the show, so they're not just shooting one episode. It's not like okay, from July to August, we're just doing this episode. No, they're shooting other scenes from other episodes. Everybody is still writing. The whole production side is still working. So they're like, great. So this is going to happen here. This is the concept. Oh, you okay? I'm gonna just, I'm gonna run with it. My okay, got it. I'm running with everything. I'm trying to create from scratch. And honestly, Roe and Leisha and Kate could not have been more on board not once did they have a bad attitude not once did they say i can't do this they were so eager for doing something new and in like such a good way it's like they're gonna do something that they haven't done on the show before so they are pumped but they committed to me every single time and which made my heart the Biggest thing was that I had to leave for a week to go to do a dance convention. They rented their own dance studio and practiced. They literally went to where we had been rehearsing with the dancers, didn't tell me, called the lady up at West Coast Dance Theater, and then they went there and practiced on their own with the choreography that they knew. So I was I'm a proud popper right now. Like, I can tell that you want this. And the reason it came to life was, I feel like we've, you know, what I tried to do for myself was really steer this, not as a dancer, but to steer the narrative first. What was the audience who may not watch Glee or Smash or or these musical shows? How can I introduce a musical genre that is quite pedestrian, that may not offend or push people off because it's so like Broadway, 40 seconds, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What is that middle ground for them? And so that was my challenge, is something that was approachable, acceptable, exciting, fun, still kind of downtown. And then making sure that my three leads looked fantastic, made sure that it wasn't out of their range um, and also out of their character, that they wouldn't do it. So that, that was kind of interesting. The narrative is, is steering it. But the reason it came to life is because these actors ventured into a space with me that was vulnerable. They let me guide them, and then they also decided to go into spaces that they had never really been before. And watching where they started to where they finished, I mean, it was—it wasn't even a three sixty. It was like a seven twenty, uh, or however many more. It was like four spins past that. And like watching Row perform from the moment I started with her on her number to where she got to for the final thing every after every take I was like yes I mean I was pumped. I was pumped the first day I told Alicia I was like you're gonna fall back and then they're gonna lift you right she was like okay boom <laughs> went up into the sky and I'm like are you okay she was like this is amazing and I was like oh my god I love you and then like the first day with Kate too I was like so you can do this she was like well can I do more and I was like yeah and she was like great what if we do some of this and I'm like Everybody was gun ho about it. Everybody wanted to rise to this occasion. And then for me on the production side, not a single ego. From the 50 people that I worked with at L Word, there was not one ego that I approached. And every single person from Valerie, who was doing the set designs, to Moira, who was doing lighting, and Nancy, who was the director, and Marja, and the executive producers, Elise, the music squad, the, the costuming, Everybody decided that if we were shooting for the stars, they were going to shoot for the galaxy past that. When we encountered a thing like we need this, everybody pulled out the stops to make this happen. So, I mean, and for me, it's you're lucky when you get any kind of choreography on television, right? So you can prepare a number and then maybe like 4 eight to make it. I got to have six numbers in this musical episode. I mean, it was like 20 minutes of dancing. Every song was generally three and a half to four minutes. And if two minutes made it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I have choreography on this show that we're doing something new. It hasn't been done on L Word yet. So I just – it felt like a dream sequence again. It had been a while since I've been into a fantasy land of my own in my career, and to just be in a space that was literally – so loving and kind and positive and hardworking from the moment you saw somebody till the last 17th hour of shooting, not one attitude. I mean, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So L word was one for the heart. Mm-hmm.
0: That's amazing. Well, congratulations. And it's funny cause I'm like an ardent listener of Kate and Leisha's podcast. And so earlier on in the summer, uh, I remember them cuz obviously they can't you know they couldn't give away any any storyline or plotline or whatever but all they happened to mention to us listeners was like like Kate said something like my lower back is sore and like we have something really <laughs> cool we're working on and I actually thought it was some sort of like you know action scene that they were you know some something crazy was going to happen on the show because she, they just kind of the, the little bits of information they gave was that it was just like some physical stuff. So I'm like, oh, but they're doing their own stunts, like some kind of business. And then when the musical episode came out, I was like, that's what they were talking about back in the summer when they were each in pain and like needing Advil or whatever it was. So,
1: And I was gonna say one thing that was really quite interesting is I don't know if I ever got all three of them together to rehearse a number, but maybe for like an hour or two, because if if Leisha was shooting, Roe and Kate were free, or if Kate was free, Roe and Leisha were both shooting, or if Roe was free, Leisha and Kate were. It was like, everybody, you know, sometimes I would rehearse and be like, okay, guys, we're going to film this one. We don't have Kate right now because she's shooting another scene. Great. We're going to film this one. Leisha and Roe both are not here. So we're, the fact that they were able, thank God they have chemistry. you know. Thank God they, they have that kind of um, bond where they can lean on each other. And if anything goes wrong, you know, as the celebrity or the star, it's okay. But with this, they, they just work together. They were always practicing. They were always practicing. So kudos to them for the fact that if you saw how little they got for what they did, I'm going to keep that a secret, but I'm just going to say they really rose to the occasion, but they rose to the occasion because they put in all the just when they, I don't know where they got their free time, but they were practicing in studios. They were practicing at home. They were making sure between all their stuff, they were on top of their game. So, That's and nice. they were always open to like corrections, like, tell me what I need to do better. Every take, what can I do to make it better? What do you need more of? What are I was like, it's fantastic. It wasn't like, let me do my thing. It was like, how do I fix it? And I'm like, you don't need to fix it. Just keep going. Just keep going. Yes.
0: <laughs> Well, congratulations because again, I think I believe on all three social or their social media networks, they they either shouted you out in the podcast or they said on their socials like how they would have not got through it without you. And and so congratulations to all the work that you did, especially having to hustle in like such a short amount of time. So Cassidy, that's amazing.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad you liked it. That makes me happy. Oh, yeah. Like, I
0: I was so shocked to see the episode happen. And then again, as it was happening, my brain just kept going back to like, when I listened to the podcast in the summer, I'm like, this is why they were in so much physical pain. So that's amazing. They were Um, so
1: sweet, too. They made us sweatpants. They gave all the dancers sweatpants from their TV show. And they are so cute. They're these beautiful purple ones. And they've got their, their pup on them, too. I mean... It's called pants i mean it's great
0: (laughs) well i'm super happy and now that you you've done this and i know you you uh you you work with rj and and nick um on come dance with me you've done stuff so what's coming up next for you like like tv wise do you have stuff coming are you heading back out to do more dancing yourself as a performer like what's next for cassidy
1: cassidy right now is i'm really trying to carve out a lane that i think is a hard one to exist as being a choreographer and director as well as a performer i just find that selfishly i still love being the on-screen talent i don't know why It just really that still speaks to me a lot but i also love being behind the camera because i have so many ideas and i love creating so i'm teaching a lot right now i'm working with kid lab Um, i'm also auditioning as a performer and then i'm also kind of creating my own passion projects um I'm working on a TV show lately with uh, Galen Hooks, who's doing a TV show called Good Trouble. And so um, I'm working as a dancer on that, which has been really great. Um, So currently that's just kind of what's going on. I've, uh, you know what, my training, my training is really big right now too. I'm I'm starting to get back into circus art. So I'm training in trapeze and silk right now. And um, I just find that every year, I need to be a new artist. So that means I need to change the classes that I'm taking. Uh, I need to switch up my discipline. And there's a lot of things I have on the horizon I want for myself. Also, I want to write a children's book with my mom that we're working on. Um, I have a couple little inventions that I want to do. So I want my own empire this year. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's perfect. I, I, I'm down because you are definitely a talent and, and it's been so great to have you on the show. And, and I did want to ask you too, before I let you go, um, what advice would you give to, to an up and coming dancer right now? Cause you've managed to stay in the game for a long time and you're still reinventing yourself and still, you know, challenging yourself. And I think that, you know, there's so many dancers that come up that, that might think, oh, I have a finite amount of time before like my performing career is over. What do you say to up and coming dancers to think big and think long-term and, and say, and you know, how they can stay relevant and in the game?
1: Hmm. Um, I have a couple things I would say. One, don't be afraid to dream. It's really important to dream in this industry. And once you achieve something that you want, add four more dreams to that list. Um, When you are looking at your path, we as individuals see it straight on. So we're like, that's the goal right there that I want. And so we work so hard to get there and something i encourage is that work towards what you want and be very clear with the universe on what you want but you also have to surrender to let the universe guide you in the path that it is because you see from this angle but the universe sees from bird's eye view so you may want to get to right here but your actual path from bird's eye view may be this and eventually it comes to this um so surrendering a little bit and not being such a control of what you have there put in the work um really work their humanity humanity is so important being kind and being loving not to just the people around you but yourself so it's hard this business is hard and the thing that has made me stay consistent and, and still love what I do is that I love myself two or three times harder than I am hard on myself. Um, if you can learn to not compare yourself to other people, to validate your, your value, that's a hard, because we all do it. We see people that have things that we want. We see people that are achieving things or at different levels than we are. But if you start to understand that you are where you are supposed to be at this exact moment, accept your path and journey, that will allow you to actually flourish and open up as an artist. Um, The main thing I think that stands in each one of our ways is our self, is our self-doubt and our fear. Um, Ideas, things. Don't criticize an idea or what you are doing in the moment because you stunt your ability to express, let an idea be born, then go back and reflect on it after it's already come out. Um, and this was something that really helps me. Oh, spirituality whatever that means for you taking care of the non-physical self um meaning whether you like to pray or like to sit quiet or be in nature or go on walks or meditate which is my go-to taking care of your non-physical being is so important because we aren't just driving just a vehicle that goes to the thing it's a vehicle with a beautiful interior and a driver and a temperature and a radio on the inside so we have to remember that we work on the outside of our body the whole time that we really have to take care of the inside. Um, And one final little piece I think that has been monumental for me is after my first audition, so my very first audition I was going to, I told my mom, I told my sister, I told my dad, told everybody about it. What happened? I didn't get the job. Shocker. I had to listen from every single individual. How did it go? Oh, it's okay. So I. I kept reliving the disappointment over and over and over. After my very first audition, I stopped telling anyone yes. that I had an audition. Why did I do that? I did that because what it then allowed me was to go into a space to express myself, be an artist, and then to leave and remove myself from the event. You know, of course, I was going to think about it a little, but I never had reminders of, did I get it? Am I getting it? How did you do? Blah, blah, blah. How did you compare? I didn't have any extra voices. So it allowed my art to be really clean. It allowed me to just do my best and then leave. And then I would go back to training and doing all those other things. And I just say that has been a huge, huge, huge part of my happiness because it subtracts the disappointment that you experience in this, uh, you know, in this industry. So. Go do your art for yourself. And then after things come, feel free to share them once there's been a complete thing, but be happy for the people that get it because your time is coming. And when your time comes, I'm sure that you would like your friends and your peers to be supporting you because they know how hard you work. So it is a community. Please don't act as an individual. Um, feel free to be an individual in this community, but also remember that you are part of a community and all of your actions reflect the people that are part of here and if you can do no harm and you can do nothing but celebrate and elevate one another it's going to be a fantastic space to have a life in
0: Cassidy, that's so well said. and and I uh, I hope you you have like little talks at the end of your dance classes because uh, people need to hear you talk about this. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. keep that up because I think people need to hear your your thoughts and your spirit. And uh, I just want to thank you for doing this. And I have to ask you last question. Uh, Janet's going back yeah. on tour Are you going to see her when she comes to l a?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's always a given. I have to i I don't like to miss Janet's shows. Okay. I don't I mean, the Vegas show. juicy. Oh my god! Did you see
0: it? I wasn't able to get there, sadly, but ah, oh,
1: <laughs> when I tell you, I didn't think that I could be more excited by the dancing, and then when you got to add in the the sets and the uh, the techno the technology involved, child, <laughs> it was some next level stuff. So yeah, when she comes here, I will for sure be going because my friends, but also. Like, why not go find that space again? I want to be on that tour. No yeah, well, I, let's put your name
0: in. Let's talk to Gil. Um, thank you. So Hi, much Gil. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for doing this, and I, I hope you'll come back on the show again because you're fantastic, and I, I'd love to have you back on.
1: Anytime, anytime. Thank you for having me.
0: That is uh, Cassidy Noblet. Don't forget to check him out. Follow him on uh, Instagram at Cassidy. Actually, sorry, at ThumperDeuce. And make sure you follow him on TikTok with, uh, with Victor at uh, KidLab. The Kelly Alexander Show. Well, that does it for another week on The Kelly Alexander Show. And because we spent a lot of time this week talking about the world of dance, it seems like a good idea to let you know that we have another show that you should check out that is exclusively focused on the world of dance. And that is called Just Dance with Kelly Alexander and Tina Landon. Tina Landon, of course, being an award-winning choreographer who has worked with everyone from Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, Rihanna to her long-standing relationship with Janet Jackson. You can access... and subscribe to the show on our website, hy.page slash show. I also want to thank our producer for doing such a great job this week, Andrew Sabino. And don't forget that you can listen to us on many different podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. Hit up our website for all of our social media handles, kellyalexandershow.com. Have an amazing week. You and I will chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.